Welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Whether you like to fish, enjoy talking about fishing, or just enjoy the fishing lifestyle, this is the podcast for you. So go grab yourself a cold drink or a hot cup of coffee, sit back, start tying up some fishing rigs, and enjoy the show. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Dieter Melhorn Fishing Podcast. Guess what? I'm Dieter Melhorn. I'm your host. I hope you're having a good day, whatever day it is that you happen to be listening. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I appreciate you uh, stopping by and taking the time to check it out. And if you're a regular listener, I appreciate you coming back. And I apologize to you for not having any stuff up sooner. I've had a little hiatus here uh, where I haven't put any new shows up. So I apologize for that. We've had, uh, we did a little vacation here first part of June and um, came back from then. I actually had a bunch of guide trips uh, that I've been running. I kind of got into that kind of, uh, that's kind of grown and gotten a little busier here uh, as more and more people realize that I'm doing these guide trips now. And uh, then I've been knocking out stuff on YouTube. I've really been cranking out a lot of content and spending a lot of time putting some of these shows together. Uh, So that's kind of what's been going on. It's uh, been good. Uh, life is good in spite of everything going on uh, around the world. We're kind of detached from it where we're at. Everybody's staying healthy. Thank you, Lord. Knock on wood and uh, keep that going in that good positive direction. I hope you guys are too. And uh, I just hope every uh, we all just make it through everything that's going on right now. But uh, the fishing has been interesting this year. It's kind of what I'm going to talk about. Um, where I'm at in the southeast in the Carolinas, uh, we should be in the middle of our spawn and some really bad, bad fishing. And so far, it's not gotten horribly bad. Now, let me say this. There are some places where it is not good at all. Um, the big, big fish have been harder to come by, uh, and that's understandable. But there's a lot of mid-range fish, those teeners, those 13 to 20-something pound fish. Uh, There's still an amazing number of those fish being caught. And they're kind of being caught all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to where they're showing up at and where they're being being caught at. So I find that kind of interesting this year. It seems like... uh, some of the other fish have kind of done their thing and everything's kind of settled into its normal pattern. So uh, it's an interesting year to say the least. Now, what does all that mean for the rest of the year? Well, that's a tough call. Uh, <laughs> with everything we've had going on this year, there's a lot of weirdness going on out there. And I'm sure you you guys in other parts of the country are experiencing this too. Uh, as of the taping of this podcast, it's actually hoodie weather. Middle of the June, uh, we should be pretty dadgum hot here and uh it's like chilly hoodie weather in the morning i think we had some lows in the upper 50s this morning maybe low 60s which is crazy 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 cool temperatures i don't know i don't know what's going to be uh i think once we get past the spawning stuff um i think the fishing may be almost like fall fishing i think the water temperatures may remain fairly stable and moderate and we may have some fun fishing. Obviously, the fish, I think, are just going to go through their normal cycles, regardless of what the temperature is. Uh, I've always said that, you know, daylight's more of a determining factor than the actual water temperature. So uh, I think they will go through their normal um, 
just kind of their normal process that they go through. The one thing for us anglers, it's a lot more fun to be out there when it's not nasty, nasty, hot, and humid. So, yeah, we're definitely into kind of a uh, weird little cycle with what's going on. Um, the baits I've been fishing with here uh, have been the typical summer vary that I use, you know, the variable baits. I, I'm using either Gizzard Chad. Uh, those are pretty easy to catch now. They're done with their spawning and they're kind of back to their little congregating areas on most of our lakes. And uh, bluegill. Uh, but I will say this, bluegill have been strangely tough to catch. Um, and I talked to some other people around the country that have said the same thing. Uh, it's kind of a a weird deal, deal, like they've hung out deeper, longer, or something. There's just something, something's out of sync somewhere with something going on. So, uh, but those are the baits. You just have to work a little harder to catch them. Grayson and I went out the other day and we put uh, about three dozen into the live well, so we had plenty of them. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm going with my same pattern that I normally go with once we kind of get past all this stuff. Uh, I will be turning over to some night fishing probably, I don't know, probably second week of July. I'll be doing more of that. I'm going to try to do some live stuff, uh, some live fishing trips on my YouTube channel. And by the way, guys, if you have not checked out the YouTube channel, it's Dieter Melhorn Fishing on YouTube. Uh, all of this stuff is linked through my website. And that is also the best way to get a hold of me if uh, you want to send me an email uh, complain about anything or give me suggestions or just give me some feedback. It's kind of hard to do that in the podcast world. So uh, just go to DieterMelhornFishing.com. There's links to the podcast on there. There's links to the YouTube channel. There's links to all the fishing gear and there's links to my guide service. So uh, that's kind of the hub, the clearing house for all the information out there. So go check it out, DieterMelhornFishing.com. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, we're going to, like I said, get out there and try to do some night fishing then. It's going to get warm at some point. It doesn't stay cool forever. So uh, it's it's going to warm up. It's going to get hot. We'll be uh, wishing we had all this time. and uh, But for now, it's just kind of the fishing is the way it is. Most of the fish I have been catching, the better fish, have been anchored up. I have went into some places that... Uh, it was just kind of some hunting pack. I mean, it was kind of rolling to a place, anchor up. And if I caught them, I caught them. If I didn't catch them in 30 or 45 minutes, I was up and moving. Uh, but I found some areas that were ca I was catching fish in repeatedly. The interesting thing was fish are not normally there this time of the year. And I found that interesting is actually some of the places were kind of muddy, silty bottoms in the back of creeks. Uh, areas that are not typically spawning areas for catfish. So why were they there? I don't really know. Maybe this was just a transition path to where they were going to somewhere with some hot, harder bottoms and along the edges of some of the banks or something like that. But I'm not sure exactly what the deal is. But it's like I say, sometimes you just got to fish and mess around and play around and see what's working. Uh, it's way too easy to get locked into doing something a certain way uh, time after time after time. Um, the cool thing about some of these guide trips is that I've gotten some real good questions and some real great discussions with people on the boat. And it's very, it's very refreshing and very nice because you get a lot of just candid questions and inquiries and talking about stuff that people may not want to throw out there in, uh, you know, a Facebook group or something or, you know, put up in a message or, or post on somewhere. So, uh, it's nice to get some of these questions and it reminds me of some of the stuff I need to take the time to talk about 
here on the channel. There's a lot of things, I've said this before, that us guys who fish a lot and spend a lot of time fishing, we kind of take for granted that people know. But, uh, you know, there there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you know, people are still figuring out. They haven't heard before, depending on what their level of experiences is. You know, they haven't been exposed to it. So that's some of the stuff I'm going to try to, you know, kind of go over here. And that was one of the things I had several people ask me about uh, during the guide trips. Is like, well, you know, I'm going to go back to my lake, wherever that is. Where should I be fishing this time of the year? And, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to come up with a flat answer on where that place is, uh, especially this year with the weirdness that's going on with some of the weather spawning and everything else. Um, it's, you know, there are things in the springtime is that generally the fish are not super deep uh, and they're not super shallow. They're generally in the mid-range and around the spawn time, you can catch them about anywhere. Uh, the bad part is getting them to bite <laughs> can be the difficult part. I've caught fish everywhere from the river channel ledges all the way up right on to in and around the bank. So it's a big, wide area. So I tell people this is a good time to drift. Uh, if you don't know how to drift or drag baits, troll, whatever you want to call it, it's a good time to be learning. Definitely something to have in your, uh, you know, your toolbox of fishing. Now, with that said, you know, I've caught a lot of fish anchored recently. Some people uh, on the trips have kind of been surprised that I was anchoring as much as I do. It's funny, when I go drifting, people think I anchor more. And when I go anchoring, people think I drift more. And uh, I, I do both. And that brings me to another point is I've got that question from people repeatedly, which do you like better, anchoring or drifting? And, you know, it it, it depends what you mean like. Uh, as far as ease of operation, uh, nothing in my mind is easier than anchoring a boat. Anchor it, set it, and forget it. Catch fish especially if you're in a situation where you can put out one anchor and some river current and just it snaps the boat tight and you're there to fish. But um, that's not always the best way to catch fish. And, uh, you know, you, I think, to be versatile and be able to catch fish in different conditions, you need to be able to troll and drift. And uh, that's a uh, that's a, a whole other skill set that takes some time to learn and master and wrap your head around and figure out. Um, I had a... Uh, guide client that actually went out on their boat with them and um, we did some anchoring and we did some drifting and uh, you know he was you know he learned some things about the drifting that there's a little more to it he had a drift sock the drift sock wasn't quite big enough to slow the boat down on this day so I think he's going to be getting him a bigger easterling drift sock to slow that boat down in some uh, you know some higher winds and uh, he was fishing off of a pontoon boat which are great fishing platforms and uh but he was configured to fish off the back of it and uh we talked with him and looked it over and he's got stuff set up toward the front i said you know if i was you what i would do is do what the guides down on santee cooper do and fish off the front let the put your drift sock off the front of the boat let the boat basically float backwards go down the lake or across the lake motor first and it gives you a lot more room um a lot of pontoon boats are not configured for fishing. Uh, there are plenty of them. One of my friends, Roger Taylor at Catfish Home Guide Service, has a custom-built pontoon boat to where he basically had this thing built at the factory, had them put the console, uh, the steering wheel and stuff, in the dead center of it, and they put the rails on it, and that was it. None of the metal on it, none of the seats, none of the patio furniture, none of the 
stuff. It was just basically some rails around the edges and a console in the middle, and it is an excellent fishing platform, especially for a pontoon boat. But most people who get pontoon boats, they look like your normal pontoon boat. They've got the, you know, the couches and everything. And by the way, sitting on those things, I forgot how nice it was. I started out fishing off a pontoon boat and uh, on this gentleman's boat, it was so nice to plop back and relax and uh, kick back on the furniture. Uh, I'll say this, if I ever had a pontoon boat again, I would still have at least one of those big couches on there to sit down and relax on. But that stuff does hinder you getting to the edges of the boat and dealing with fish, and it can be cumbersome. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the front of the boat is the easiest place to fish off of. I remember the pontoon boat I had. It had the big bench seat across the back. The ladies loved it. You know, the wife loved this place you can go out there and lay out in the sun, but it's in the way. And especially if you're dealing with or if you're trying to fish out of the back of the boat like I do on my center console now. Dealing with all that stuff in the back is, uh, it's just in the way. And it makes getting to things in the back difficult. Trying to put out drift socks uh, is hard. You end up, you know, kind of leaning over stuff. And if you've got a rod rack in the back, you're trying to deal with getting around that. So a lot of times on these pontoon boats, the best way to fish off of them is fishing off the front of them. Unless you've got all that stuff stripped off the back. So, uh Long story there to tell you that I've actually learned some good stuff and been reminded of some good stuff from going out with these people. And uh, the feedback from them is awesome. It's like you guys that send me emails uh, while I'm sitting here taping this podcast. I've had two emails come in uh, that people sent me that went to my website and sent them to me uh, just with comments about stuff. And I appreciate that feedback. You guys keep me motivated and keep me going um and getting the positive comments and everything it's it's real motivation and the questions help remind me of stuff you know that we can talk about and we can learn and all that kind of stuff which brings up another point talking about hooks hooks come up with every conversation that i get into with people on the boat and people are always asking about either circle hook versus j hook or hook size i got that i got the hook size question from everybody on every trip and, uh, you know, I, I'm a circle hook guy. Obviously, the reason I use them is, you know, first and foremost, conservation. Uh, it's better for the fish, plain and simple. You don't get as many gut hook, throat hook fish. Uh, the, uh, you know, the second reason is it's very easy to hook up on fish, especially when you're dragging baits. Uh, you don't have to sit there and babysit the rods constantly and, you know, deal with jerking the rod, setting the hook, all that kind of stuff. So, Another big reason that I like the circle hooks. But when it comes to size on them, I'm pretty much like a 5-alt and an 8-alt guy. Uh, if it's the smaller baits, I usually go with a 5-alt. That will catch, you know, if you get into some smaller mid-sized fish, you can still catch them on those hooks just fine. It's actually less likely to gouge their eyes out uh, using those smaller hooks. And then for the big baits, I'm using 8-alt. And these are like, you know, I get these from Hooker's Terminal Tackle. Uh, I think they're called the backstabber. They're very similar to an owner uh, octopus circle hook or a gamagatsu octopus circle hook. Any of those, the backstabbers from Hooker's Terminal Tackle, they're all very similar. The gap is wide on them. Uh, the shank is, you know, moderate length, and uh, the way the um, point rolls in is perfect. They are, in my opinion, the best hook out there, the best circle hook for catching fish. And, um, you know, those are those are my two. I like the 5-alt for the smaller stuff, and then for the bigger baits, the 8-alt. And, uh, you know, that's uh, I, I get that question from everybody. I know everybody's trying to figure out, well, if I got too small a hook, too big a hook. Uh, I was 
telling one of the guys that the fish that I caught in uh, the personal best fish down on Santee Cooper, uh, the 71 pounder was caught on a five ball hook. He hit one of the smaller baits. I had six rods out, three with big baits, three with small baits. That one took a small bait and it was on a small hook. So uh, when everything works right, everything works properly. Those hooks roll into the corner of the mouth and you do not need a very large hook to bring in a catfish. Uh, the hook really doesn't, you know, ideally those hooks are going to the corner of the mouth. That's where 90% of the hookups come on these fish. Occasionally you'll get one around the jaw and, you know, the, the outer part of the mouth there in the front of them, but you know, it, it, it they're going to the corner. So that's why the five volts work absolutely fine for, uh, for catching fish. Now, the other question I get from people on the guide trips is the question about rods. You get on my boat right now and I've got a selection of different rods i've got uh you know big cat fever rods that are on there i've got some slime cat rods that are on there and i've got some b&m rods on there and you know right now that's what i'm running um and you know i run excuse exclusively the uh big cat fever catch the fever rods and um but I decided to switch it up at the beginning of the year just to show people what some of the options are out there with some of the different rods. And, uh, you know, the question I got from everybody, well, which one's your favorite? And, you know, my pat response is, is well, whichever one's folded over with a catfish on it, that's my favorite. But <laughs> they, uh, it's like I've said before in the live feeds and the videos and here on the podcast, they all work. There's little subtle differences. And, you know, when you're on the boat, I show you and take time to show you the little differences in them. Uh, you know, that I like about them, uh, but they'll all catch fish. There's none of them that I truly don't like. Uh, there's none of them I go, ah, I, that one just hideous. I, I just don't like it. Uh, all of these are, are medium to medium heavy action. The uh, uh, big cat fever rods are the medium action, the white ones, and uh, they all catch fish. They all do everything I need to do. Now, if I was fishing in maybe some heavy river current, I would up the size on them maybe to a heavy action or something like that. But these are great rods. They all work. Uh, again, if you buy any of them, you'll be happy with them. That's kind of, you know, there's subtle differences in the tip, the action, the back end, length in the handle, how far up the reel sits. But overall, they're all, you know, very similar. It's just little subtle things that, what I say, are that emotional connection that people attach on to. And there's a lot of that when it comes to fishing tackle and fishing gear. And, uh, Little things like the color, you know, uh, you know, I love the red color on the B&M. I love the white color on the Catch the Fever when I'm fishing at night. So, uh, and the green of the Slime Cat rod sticks out like a sore thumb. So they all got, you know, little things uh, that work for different people. You know, the Slime Cat rod has a very long handle from the real back. I like that because the way I put rod under my arm. Uh, somebody who is smaller build, shorter, uh, maybe a female may like one of the rods that has the shorter handle. Some people don't put the rod under their arm and they've got it in front of them. So all of that stuff, uh, is, you know, just little, little bitty things that, you know, vary for different people on what they like and, uh, what they want to use. So, uh, again, it's been very interesting on these guy trips to get the feedback from people, see what the questions are, uh, that they ask and what they're curious about, what they're trying to learn about, what they're hesitant about, and uh, they're fun. I'm having a great time running the trip, so and it's getting uh, good feedback, and it gives me good feedback to come on here and talk to you guys about. So, 
that's it for now. I'm going to jump off here, try to knock out some more of these, try to get back to this once a week, and try to get some people on here to interview. I know y'all get tired of listening to me jack my jaws. I just got to get some people uh, that I can get on here and chat with, because I think those are much more interesting. I've got some big visions for the podcast. Um, I've just got to get some other things in order so I can make all that happen, but we'll see what we can do, guys. For now, that's it, and uh, we'll catch you on the water. <laughs>